Jim and Driftwood wrote this thing. Hello there. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Four, five, six. Do we want to try a break? Now, now your fiddle break comes right after I get back and whoop her brother and her paw and sing a chorus. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Yeah. Now, that is about as pretty a bass line as I've heard played in something in a long time. <laughs> I've complimented that boy back there. That's a horse's foot in the gravel, man. That ain't trained. <laughs> Running through a ford in the creek. <laughs> So let's see if we can put down a take. Where's the harmony at? Right here? Along about 1825, I left Tennessee very much alive. And I never would have got through the Arkansas mud if I hadn't been a rudin' that Tennessee stud. I had some trouble with my sweetheart's paw, and one of her brothers was a bad outlaw. I sent her a letter by my uncle Foot, then I rode away on the Tennessee stud. The Tennessee stud was long and lean, the color of the sun, and his eyes were green. He had the nerve and he had the blood And there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud We drifted on down into no man's land We crossed that river called the Rio Grande I raced my horse with a Spaniard's foal Till it got me a skin full of silver and gold me and a gambler, we couldn't agree We got in a fight over Tennessee We jerked our guns and he fell with a thud And I got away on the Tennessee stud The Tennessee stud was long and lean The color of the sun and his eyes were green He had the nerve and he had the blood And there never was a horse like the Tennessee stud Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. So, I went to a concert last night, and it was the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band. They produced this album called Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which came out in 1972. It's 51 years ago. They had only been around for six years at the time. The band is now 57 years old, and they're still touring. Jeff Hanna, the lead, uh, rhythm guitar player and the lead singer, his son, who's now in his 40s, is the uh, lead guitar player. They still have Jimmy Fadden, and they had John McEwen up until recently, but not any longer. It's impossible to really describe the groundbreaking event that this album was because what these guys did, they came into Nashville, a bunch of long-haired hippies from California, 
and got Doc Watson, Roy Acuff, Mother Maybell Carter, uh, Jimmy Husky, Nash, uh, Norman Blake, who would sit in on play Dobro in Nashville. They brought them and many others in and took a really hidebound, stuck in the mud. Grand Ole Opry establishment and brought in the long hairs. And that opened up for country music to become what it has. The Eagles. Jerry Garcia. This was a groundbreaking event. Nothing had, there had been no mixing of country and rock prior to this people don't understand and and the band that did this is still touring still having a good time they played to a completely sold out crowd at the opera house they had to reschedule uh, a date that they postponed about seven months ago they did a lot of their old hits and people were on their feet. That is resilient music. That, that's something that lasts. That's, and it's interesting because they've done covers of Bob Dylan songs. Uh, they covered a John Prine, Prine, John Prine song. Grandpa was a carpenter. You know that song? Yeah. yeah. Um, they did that one. They were friends with John Prine. They've toured with lots of people. And the funny thing is, at the very beginning, the intro was playing over the speakers was the beginning of Bring It On Home by Led Zeppelin. <laughs> and you know, before it goes into the guitar part, it's just the dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah. Jeff Hanna comes out. It starts jamming to it on his guitar. They kind of joke around the fact that they're sort of a rock group, which they really aren't. And, you know, they, they somebody yelled, uh, play smoke on the water or something. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was really, really thoroughly entertaining. And, you know, and, and Jeff Hanna's like 76 years old. Oh, they talked about traveling with Willie Nelson on his bus. Uh, they have a song called Cosmic Cowboy, which we can play that in the next half hour. I mean, and then the thing that really was interesting to me. So 1972, this album came out. I think I bought it the next year. It was recorded in 71. I have lived through every bit of this musical history, all of it. I mean, I was 16 that year and, uh, I've seen it all happen. You know, when the nitty gritty dirt band first got featured, there was a movie made with, um, Clint Eastwood and, uh, Oh, somebody else, the, the one, Jean Seberg, she was the female person in there. And I can't remember who the other guy was. It's called paint your wagon. It was about the California gold rush. It's made like in 1967 
or 68. It's got that song, Mariah, Mariah, blow my love to me, the rain, da, 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 da. You, you ever heard that song? No, I haven't. Well, it's from. I have now. It's from a song. No, not really. You didn't really hear it. It's from a, it's from a, a play. It was a Broadway play, and they made it into a movie called Paint Your Wagon. It's about the gold rush. Well, there's a scene in there where they're all drunk. You know, they're, they're living in this gold rush town. The, it's at night. It's been raining. There's mud everywhere. They're all dancing around in the mud. And the jug band standing up there playing is the actual nitty gritty dirt band. They got to be the band in the movie. Huh. And I mean, you know, um, Jeff Hanna was like 20. You know, they were kids. Yeah. They started in Los Angeles. Anyway, I was just kind of halfway in tears, screaming, had such a good time. And I, I thought about all the years of listening to their music, being at camp, hearing their songs on the radio. Uh, of course, the big one we played in the last hour, Mr. Bojangles, but so many others. And they're still going, and they're they're going to be playing. Uh, today is Friday the fifteenth. They're playing it at some place down in Hiawassee, Georgia. Saturday night, which would be tonight, if you're listening to this, they're playing at the International Bluegrass Hall of Fame in in uh, I think it's in uh, Owensboro. And you know they they're touring, and seventy six year old guy, and the 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 keyboard guy's like seventy eight. The cool thing, I didn't see the show, uh, but uh, from what, yes, what you're you were, saying. You were notably missing. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, uh, yes. But you see some of these bands that are touring now, and, and they don't have it yeah, anymore. No. Uh, you can tell they're doing it just for the money, for yep. whatever reason. But then you have certain groups or performers that do it, and you can tell it's because they love it. Well, he's brought and, in his son, uh -huh. who plays lead guitar, who was awesome. Yeah. And then he brought in this young guy who's a fiddle player who played with uh, Mumford and & Sons. And before that, he played with Bruce Hornsby. So this guy's good. Yeah. And uh, they don't have a banjo player anymore. John McEwen has evidently retired. I think he's 77 years old. And, you know... But they're still out there. And he was, Jeff was funny. You know, he, he was making jokes, cutting up. Yeah. Saying all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, Tom, that fits with your belief, though, that really retirement is, is not for I everybody. I was going to, I was trying to say serve it up. that. that <laughs> Thank is, you for the segue. That is a big part of what I'm trying to say. And you think of how many people have passed away. Doc Watson's gone. Roy Acuff, of course. He's probably been gone 25 years. Uh, oh, Vassar Clements. He was a fiddle player on that, on there. He was unbelievable on that album, Will the Circle Be Unbroken. It's a two-album set. Jeff Hanna and Jimmy Buffett, exact same age. You know, Jimmy Buffett. We haven't done a Jimmy Buffett show yet. It'll probably be next week or the week after. I've got several songs because that's a big part. But I never was attracted to him. It's funny. I mean, like Bruce Springsteen, just 
over my head. Jimmy Buffett, kind of a little bit of a connection, but just, you know, I knew the songs, but it was not ever a connection. I know, honey, we're going to get to it. Um, but the point is, I have a connection to certain kinds of music. And people tell me that's what they like about the show. This is part of the show, actually. The music, we talk about it. You know why? Because there's a history to it. And what do we talk about when we're talking about the financial stuff? We're talking about the history. We're talking about what went before, what's going on now, and what we think will happen in the future. Which brings us to the evolution of retirement. And my God, it is about time. What on earth are you trying to get me into here? No, the, I he's dropping a hint, it. Tom. Yeah, well, go ahead, because I can't get hints. No, I'm not I, good at it. It's a, it's a perfect segue into this article right here. Okay. You're talking about somebody that, you know, with Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, these guys that have a passion, they have a craft, <laughs> They're good at what they do. And they keep doing it. And they keep doing it. And you they bring in young people, young, younger, good, and younger. Good, good music never goes out of style. It doesn't. And there's, there's certain things that just don't go out of style. That's and if right. it's something's quality, oh, something's right. good, it doesn't go out of style. They're still playing the same songs and people are dancing and having a good yeah. time. I didn't see a lot of young people at the concert, but the older people were acting young. Yeah. Which uh, is... I'm sure it's on There's YouTube that. somewhere or Facebook, right? Well, what what this? I mean, this is looking back at the history of retirement. You know, the idea of retirement, and and how new this idea of completely how new it is in relation to history. So going back just to the the 1880s. So in 1880, more than three quarters of men older than 65 were still in the labor force. It was in 1950, about 50% of men 65 or older were still in the labor wow, force. that's a big drop. Today, it's from 1880 to 1950. Yeah, I And gotcha. today, it's about 19%. So I'm sort of defying the curve. That's right. You're, you're, you're helping the spread. Um, but for ages 55 to 64. I mean, I can't believe I'm actually over 65. That is so <laughs> stupid. That's just not, that's just dumb. In, in 1880, uh, eight men ages 55 to 64, labor force participation was 95%. I just want to throw out a few stats here, and then we'll come back and distill sure, it. no problem. The early 1900s, 40% of elderly people in the United States relied on their children to support them in old age. That number fell to 22% by 1940, and 5% by 1990. Well, what changed from the early 1900s till the mid-1900s? Well, Social Security, you're getting there. Fine. We're getting there. We're okay. getting there. Sorry. Okay, come on, come on. So in the 1910s, fewer than 30% of male at wage earners ever had a vacation, and they definitely weren't paid vacation. A 20-year-old in 18... Say that again one more time. In the 1910s, fewer than 30% of male wage earners even had a vacation. So they just work 52 weeks a year. They're just working all the Six time. Six days a week. So you look at the <laughs> everything. everything's relative. And now you, I don't feel so bad. Everything's relative. You, you look at the problems that are going on today, and there are problems. Um, 
don't get me started on the UAW strike thing. But you, have you, they struck? Or what, what's they yeah. struck at midnight last night. Yeah. Who, who did they strike? All, all three. All three. All the automakers. Yeah. And they picked the plants that produced the highest selling uh, products. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, but you look at the mindset. You look at the mindset of today, and you look at everything as relative. Um, we see it with uh, when you're looking at investments. You look at a, a stock or a portfolio value relative to some arbitrary point in time. You look at quality of life today, and you think relative to what? You know, the idea of retirement. That is a new concept in, in, in all of history. You've talked about that a lot. You know, yeah, I don't think it really is going to last. And it's in other countries, uh, there is no retirement. I mean, they're still living yeah. like we were in the 19th century. And, you know, life ex- people are living longer and retiring earlier than they have in history. Um, that's setting up for potential problems. Well, okay, you said... One thing you said was only 5% of people are being supported by their children. Yeah. That's not true. Because if their children are working, they're paying into Social Security, which is now hand-to-mouth. That's a good point. And the money is going to pay the participants. That's a good point. Because don't give me this BS about a Social Security trust fund. It ain't there. So if you're a wage owner, you are definitely supporting retired people. Yeah, that's right. If you're paying Social Security, that's where it's going. Yep, that's right. And business owners, of course, pay a portion of that too. So all the businesses out there are paying for it, as as are the workers. As well, I know. But you look at where dollars are going to on a household budget. Um, In... The late 1800s, early 1900s, 75% of a household budget was spent on food, housing, and clothing. Today, it's about 48% today. Really? Um, because recreation, um, you know, that transportation, recreation is a big one. Health is another one. Uh, but you look at, you know, food back in the 1890s, that was 45% of a household budget. Today, it's 12%. Yeah. And so as the econ- or as the uh, just everything has become more global, you've had deflation in commodity-related things. Um, yeah. You know, in, in, in relation to other things. In relation to other things, yes. That commodity prices haven't gone up as fast and far as other stuff has. Right, exactly. Um, and you see, you see these things uh, on, you know, social media that, you know, it's looking back at the golden age, you know, it, 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 there's a picture of this one that says, once upon a time, a family could own a home, a car, send their kids to college all on one income. Well, yeah, but when you start looking at the quality of life that was at the time, You're kind of and, becoming Mister Optimus. I'm going to call you John Templeton Jr. <laughs> That's exactly what John Templeton used to talk about. Really? Yes, the same thing you're talking about. He would talk about progress. Yeah, and and you know he would say how far things have come and yeah how great everything is. And to some degree, Warren Buffett mm-hmm. also talks about those sorts of things, which if those guys are billionaires and they think that this is something that we should think about, 
I'm willing to think about it too. <laughs> right. Because it's easy to look at things and think every the tires are falling off. That's not to say that we don't cr- try to correct stuff that we need to correct. But you have to look at there. There, there are a lot of good things yep. to look at, and there's a lot to be thankful for. Absolutely. You, <coughs> as an investor, you naturally, if you're a long, if you're actually an investor, not a speculator, an investor, you are an optimist. Now you might you be, be, you might be uh, speculative. When I mean speculative, um, you you question things, but you have to be an optimist on where things Absolutely. are going. You have to be. Well, you have to believe that there's a thing called progress. Yeah. And progress doesn't have to be something that's infused with some sort of notion of evolution of the human psyche. It can simply mean you're building on a business or something that's an economic entity that's getting better and you're building it up. Yeah. That's actually biblical. So uh, if it's in the Bible and they talk about it in in uh, Proverbs, which they do, I'm listening. All right. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host, Tom Dupree. If you're interested in making your money work for you, give us a call, 859-233-0400. And you can also schedule an appointment. You can book online at DupreeFinancial.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more of the Financial Hour discussing the evolution of retirement. Stay tuned. Me and a gambler, we couldn't agree. We got in a fight over Tennessee. We jerked our guns and he fell with a thud and I got away on the Tennessee stud. This is Tom Dupree. What do you know about investing? Perhaps what you know is limited to what you hear on CNBC or read in the Wall Street Journal. You might be surprised to learn that investing can be made a lot simpler than you might imagine. At Dupree Financial Group, it's our aim to make the investment process very clear. If you schedule a complimentary appointment with us to review your retirement investment accounts, we'll describe them for you. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com. How can I roll? Yeah, they're rolling, I think. Ugh. Ready to go, boy. Give us cue. This nine-pound hammer, it's a little too heavy for my size. Well, for my size, I'm going on the mountain. 
Going to see my baby But ain't coming back Well, ain't coming back Roll on, buddy Don't you roll so slow Just how can I roll When the wheels won't go Roll on, buddy Pull your load of coal How can I pull When the wheels won't roll to Harlan, it's a long way to Hazard, just to get a little brew, just to get a little brew, now when I'm long gone, you can make my tombstone, out of number nine coal, out of number nine coal, roll on buddy, don't you roll so slow, just how can I roll, when the wheels won't go, roll on buddy, put your load of coal, How can I pull? Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay, this is uh, turned up a little bit. This is also from the Will the Circle Be Unbroken album. That's Merle Travis on vocal and guitar. Merle Travis had a very unique picking style people have imitated it but nobody could play quite like him doc watson named his son merle after merle travis merle travis of course and chet atkins were considered sort of the pillars of um that type of guitar playing although chet's style was way different than uh than merle uh travis's but merle travis was from Somewhere in western Kentucky, uh, down around, it was in coal mining country. Rosewood, Kentucky, I think. Yeah, I, I, that's like maybe in Hopkins County or Christian County. It's the coal, the western coal fields. You know, and people have mistakenly said that he's from eastern Kentucky. Muhlenberg. Yeah, it's Muhlenberg County. It's definitely west, yeah. We used to drive through Muhlenberg County on the way to Kentucky Lake. That is not Harlan County. They, they had the biggest steam shovel in the world, the Paradise Steam Plant, TVA. That's where that powered Nashville, Western Kentucky, the big steam plant there. Anyway, the point is, this is how cutting edge that album was. You cannot understate the impact of that album on everything we call country music and that's going to be old-timey country this new country stuff americana because that's where they would be pegged now it's this big catch-all thing called americana but a lot of these guys that played on the album would no longer be considered country Mm -hmm. you know doc watson no it was it was a getting together of all these divergent type of talents in something that really created something new. And it was the brainchild, not of the guys in Nashville, but of John McEwen, um, Jeff Hanna, Jimmy Fadden. There was a guy named Ibbotson that was with the band back then. Um, 
There was uh, one or two other people. And that was, it was their idea. They put the whole deal together. They came from California to Nashville and put that thing together. So that's why I keep talking about it. Because it's part of musical history, and we like to talk about economic history also. So where are we going? Um, the next one, uh, so we were talking in the first part, the evolution of retirement. Um, this was a, It's an article in Wall Street Journal, and sometimes these things, they're kind of the feel-good or just they don't really tell you a whole lot. This one was interesting, though. Um, so we're talking about evolution of retirement, and then this it came out in December of 2022, but it's still applicable. Here's what a $1 million retirement looks like in America. Um, now, there is no magic number to retirement. Um, retirement in and of itself is really, you, you should change the verbiage of that is just flexibility on what you want to do. Uh, it could be, re, it could be retirement. It could be working part-time. It could be changing careers. It could be, you know, full-time hobby kind of stuff, whatever it may be, it's flexibility. But th what this does, it, it, it takes four people that gave their stories to the wall street journal and each one of them have about a million dollars, give or take, in retirement. And it talks about how they fill their days up, um, what they're living on, what the income is. What struck me as neat, it's kind of a little window into what we do. Because when right. you're reading through all these people, every single one of them, the dollar amounts are similar. Um, the amount that they're living on is similar. But every single person... They're an individual. They, they are their own person and what they're trying to do and what they're accomplishing or trying to accomplish. You know, there was a one, one guy, um, he uh, retired, and then he started doing day trading on stocks. And he made a little money, but he got tired of it. Um, you know, he was, he was more of a speculator. He got tired of it. He was stressed out, so he stopped that pretty quickly and he didn't do too much damage to himself. Yeah. Um, but it sounds the, like he did a little though. He, he did enough. Uh, you know, he, I don't think he lost much money, so did but the million go to eight fifty. No, or? I mean, maybe it did. It I don't did know. Say it did the say numbers that. now 700,000 because of withdrawals. That's what the article said. But, okay, but well, that would tell me a little something. Exactly. He stayed on, you know, he continued to do, uh, you know, consulting and retirement. Uh, there was another one, um, that uh, she's she retired when she was forty six and she was planning on taking a couple years off like and she stayed fire, retired. Fire yeah, she was fire before there was fire, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, but she lived forty six, forty six. But she's lived frugally, um, and uh, she she's been able to do it, you know, uh, through you know today. Um, there was another one that had all kinds of health problems. He had health problems. Really? His wife had health problems. So it's it's a little insight to each one of them. Each person has their own challenges, their own dreams, what they're wanting to do, um, goals, ambitions. Each one's different. That's what we see on a day-to-day -day basis with our clients. There are certain laws that govern 
money, uh, markets, uh, retirement, the the principles of retirement. There are laws that govern that. That's exactly right. But Mike. those laws, it's spot on. Those laws are applied in different ways to each person. Um, so it might be, you know, you have a million dollars and you're needing X amount a month to live on, uh, or you may have. $400,000, you need an X a month, X amount a month to live on. It's real. When you, when you cut through everything, these are kind of the laws of it. It's basically how much do you have coming in? How much is going out and what's your age right. and what are the goals of the funds? Um, well, and, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. And, and, and one other, one other step is how is it invested to, uh, 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 attain those goals? Yeah. And I know enough about the investment markets to I'm always a little tentative about wanting to have all of my income coming from investments, no yep. matter how good a job we or anybody else does. I like the notion of being productive right up until the end. Is it always going to be possible? Maybe not. Throughout history, old people have been uh, often cared for uh, when they were past the ability to do work. And that's way prior to Social Security or any kind of thing that we had that was a government program. Sometimes you get to where you can't work anymore. You know, maybe there's just not what you, you're not able to do the things you could do when you were younger. Sometimes you are able to. I mean, I think about Warren Buffett. I think about him often these days. I think about my dad, who, although what he did every day probably couldn't be described as work, he lived with the disease of Parkinson's for 22 years from age 65 through his death at age 87. And he was certainly involved in things. He did not have a uh, posture of retired individual. Lived here in Lexington, never had a place in Florida or somewhere else. You know, this was his home and this is what he, he did. He liked to go down to the, his farm. I've, I think of, I'll just call this client uh, Clarence. He passed away in 1985 at the age of 85. He was a client of mine. Right up until the end, he was active in the investment markets. I think of uh, uh, a client of mine that died a few years ago. Let's just call him Mr. G. He was very active. Um, he had a farm in, not in Lexington, but in a neighboring county. Was always making sure things were going on. He did not own his business anymore, but he still had uh, kind of a say in it. And he was always looking over everybody's shoulder. They probably got tired of hearing from him at times, but they also were the beneficiaries of his wisdom. And I think in some ways uh, with disappointment and sadness over 
what has happened to a number of doctors that we've had over the years who, because of the arcane regulations governing um, malpractice insurance, were unable to just sort of dial back their practice but nonetheless keep doing it. I think some of those things have changed because I'm now hearing about some doctors actually coming out of retirement. In fact, the guy that did my uh, imp- tooth implant uh, ha- ha- came out of having been retired for five years. Hmm. And, you know, he's back doing it again. And I would like to see more of that because I think what we're seeing is people leaving the workplace, but for what? Um, it, it doesn't strike me. I, I cannot believe that a life of having to figure out what you do, you're going to do th- today when you get out of bed, is more fulfilling than having a purpose and a place to be and something to do. That just doesn't compute for me. Yeah. I mean, I don't get it. And yet I, you know, I know people that they're cool with it. I think it's stupid. I mean, I'm sorry. And, and, and you can be offended if you want to, but I, I don't understand not wanting to be productive. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I think it, it depends on the person. Um, because it obviously does. it, It obviously does. Um, you have I mean, to, if you hated you have your to job for 40 years, if you didn't like what you were doing and you're just suffering PTSD from having done it for all those years, okay, that's fine. But why would you have done something all those years you didn't like? Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't, I don't understand it. I, I don't, I think my life is more important than, than putting up, putting up with something I really don't like for you, that long. You have to the 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 takeaway. You have to have something that gets you out of bed that you're passionate about. You have to that maybe that's. I mean, that could be volunteer work for some people. Sure, uh, it could. Uh, it gives you more options. The retirement basically, as Mike was saying earlier, basically gives you freedom. It gives you flexibility. Flexibility. So it doesn't mean you quit doing anything. For some people, that's true. But for other people, they get to do more of what they want, what they enjoy, what what brings them happiness. So you, let's take the one on you the, said where somebody doesn't do anything. Okay. Yep. How many people have we seen that did that? And their health oh, yeah. and their whole life went down. Yep. yep. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that happen. Well, we've seen them get crazy and, and even just get where they don't make sense anymore. Well, I've had a, a couple come in uh, here recently that have been retired for a couple years. And it's, they're like, all right, I, I'm th- th- no mas. You know, I, I need something to do because what yeah. they, what was getting them out of bed, it's like, you can only do that for so long and then it's not fun anymore. And so they're looking at going back for part-time work or looking at other things to stay mentally and physically engaged. Yeah. I mean, well, there's the Donovan scholars program too. I mean, they go back and get, get uh, college credits for free. I mean, uh, so they can keep learning. They can pursue some of their passions that way. That's another, another option. Yeah. Retrain for a part-time career or even a full-time career. 
Well, a lot of people could step into a lot of jobs right now with not a whole lot of training because if they worked, the work ethic part is the important part. If they can show up to a job and, and do something and be active and engaged, why would you want, because of somebody putting an arbitrary date out there, at this day, you're no longer productive. Why subscribe to some arbitrary um, notion that has been pre- – I just don't get it. I mean, yeah. people are living longer. People in their 60s – my grandmother in her 60s, she acted like an old woman. I mean, she did not – that was the way it was back in the 1960s for people that were born around 1900. But that's not the case anymore. Mm-hmm. For people born in the 30s, 40s, 50s, they don't act old when they're in their 60s. Or 70s. And I mean, I'm 66 years old. I go to a place and work out. There's a lot of kids in there in their 20s. I get to listen to hip-hop where they're using a hook from Tiny Dancer by Elton John, which came out in 1971 on the album Madman Across the Water, and 99.9% of the kids listening to that do not know what that came from. Yeah. But just think so about it this way. It the, keeps you young, Tom, listening well, to this Well, I mean, I, I music. sat there, and I'm saying, this is BS, you know, and then I started giving a lecture <laughs> to everybody in there working out and it's like you know how many eye rolls did you get no they just it's like oh that's just tom he's an idiot Uh, they don't say that to my face but i'm willing to giving the lecture while everyone else was working out is what right oh they don't work out that hard okay anyway the point is if you hang out a long long enough time things will come back around it's worth seeing what the young folks are doing it, it's worth going to somewhere where there's a lot of people younger than you because you will learn a lot of things. And a lot of it is stuff you don't care about. <laughs> but, you know, it's people's lives, and, and you can you can be – I don't know this word mentor sounds pretentious to me, but you can be sort of there for other people. Don't retire and withdraw and go sit in your house or sit on the beach in Florida and bitch about what isn't going right in the country. Stay involved. I yeah. believe that's really important. Stay involved. Stay active. In your community, even if you feel like things are going to hell in a handbasket, still stay involved. I mean, it's more fulfilling. Yeah. But what what we do on the investment side when you're looking at all these different situations you know you can have somebody just as passionately say i'm not working anymore and you know yeah, that's it, fine. It, but and, and, that, that's the thing everybody has their particular goal do whatever goals. you think you like but do it with and you know and, do it with vigor yeah stay engaged but our job is to show you what the guardrails are it's like okay you have these assets you might have a pension social security granny yeah no (laughs) you have these assets this income here's what you could 
here are different options that you can I have. agree with you. That's, so that's, that's exactly what we that's do. That's what our job is. If we're that's not why doing you that. do what you do and I do what I do. If we're not okay. doing that, then people can go down the wrong path and they've run out of time to fix it, to come back. Yeah. And yeah. Mike's just trying to if, make sure if they If you're doing something really foolish with your yeah. money that violates all those laws of finance you were just talking about, yeah. we're going to tell you this doesn't make sense. You yeah. can't keep doing this. It's not going to work. Yeah. So the point is, Stay involved, and you should also, whether you have money with us or someplace else, know what your money's invested in, know why it's making what it's making or what it's not making, but understand, you can say this till you're blue in the face, and maybe 3% of the people out there will actually say, oh, yeah, that makes sense, and I'll actually figure out where my money is. I spent a long time earning it. And then you turn it over to some. We've talked to some people today. They they don't. They realize that their money, the decisions are being made by somebody else, and they want to start making their own. Yep. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host Tom Dupree. If you're interested in making your money work for you, give us a call eight five nine two three three zero four hundred. You can also go to our website dupreefinancial.com and book an appointment with us directly on our homepage. We are powered by Dupree Financial Group, and this has been our financial hour. It's a long way to Harlan. It's a long way to Hazard. Just to get a little brew. 